I know this is a trying time right now for a variety of reasons. People are scared. People are angry. And the world's falling apart a little bit. So I'm putting this episode out to sort of serve as a short escape. You know, it was recorded a few weeks ago. And I'm trying to keep you guys motivated, keep you inspired, and most importantly, keep things in perspective through trying times. So in all this chaos, hopefully this is a short reprieve and hopefully it's entertaining. This is a recording from a lot of different people within the community, Patreon supporters. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. Please stay safe out there. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man, so you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. Jam Jam, Jamel Curry here from Air Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, Stay safe and stay strong. Hi, this is Alex Nichols. Uh, Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. I was physically totally wrecked. I I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 135 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a really great episode. Let's catch up with the running community. It was recorded a few weeks ago, and it's basically an update from a lot of different voices within the running community. I tapped into the Patreon crew and had a bunch of just really interesting conversations, so I hope you enjoy it. But this is primarily a Patreon thank you type episode. Speaking of which, big thank you to Richard Murray. He is now by far the biggest uh, Patreon supporter, but I appreciate every single one of you guys. Big thank you to the shout out, Super Crew, Brian, David, Meg, Landon, Matthew, Brian, Ray, Todd, Pat, Sean, Caleb, Chris, Steve, Wes, Trina, Josephine, a lot of others. So thank you guys for that support. It's really awesome. Thank you to the show's sponsors, Exoskin. Definitely, whether you use toe socks or no toe socks, they have some high quality products you definitely should check out. I use them during every one of my runs and... I'd, I'd use them regardless if they were a show supporter. I really believe in the the quality of the product. So I definitely like the calf sleeves and the base layers, compression bottoms. I don't run in compression bottoms, but I, I definitely like those in recovery. And I do like the compression top during uh, most of my races. So check out Exoskin. I'll leave a link in the show notes and coupon code. Thank you to Kogala. Again, this is a product I just, I really enjoy using myself and it's awesome to have their support also, but I use a waist belt 
and then I connect the Kogala light to that, and I put the battery pack and the light all within a self-contained belt, and it gets me through the nights on those multi-day races. I mean, I can exchange battery packs, and it's a great setup. It works awesome for me. I can actually look around during the race. I don't have to, uh, at nighttime, you know, swing my head to just shoot that that headlight uh, where I need to be seen. And it's just enjoyable. It's a really easy system, almost modular in a way. So check out Kogala. I'll again have a link in the show notes. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition. They've been a supporter since day one. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my referral code 252888 and you'll save 15% off your first order. Lastly, thank you to Destination Trail. I know there's been a ton of race cancellations recently, but I know they're working hard to put on some upcoming virtual races. They have those awesome, almost trademarked Destination Trail belts for finishers. And I, I'm not going to uh, spill the beans, but check out their website and look at the distances available. I want to say they have one of the longest races, virtual races um, on the planet available to sign up. So definitely check that out. Enjoy this episode. So yeah, like I was saying, we can take this conversation wherever you guys want to take it. And I have no structure or, I mean, the the plan is there's no plan for this conversation. So uh, yeah, I just really appreciate your guys' support, and let's let's go through some some brief introductions. Zane, do you want to start it off for us? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, so I'm Zane Eisenhower. I'm out of Michigan. Um, I kind of picked up running. Like 2012 was where I probably first started running a little bit in college, um, but then I kind of took it off for a few years and didn't really get back into it until um, 2018. Uh, that's when I read Born to Run and kind of got interested in what the world of ultra running was. Um, so I kind of dove right in. I did a trail 25K um, earlier in the year and then kind of went right into the 50-mile distance and kind of haven't looked back since then. Cool. Um, Brian, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Brian Sands. I'm 52 years old. Uh, I have... Uh, Three teenagers, 16, 18, and 20, so that's been interesting uh, these last couple months with uh, with the shelter at home. Um, I've been running for about, I think this is my fifth year. Uh, I grew up hating running and uh, never ran until about five years ago when I was looking to, to lose weight, and I thought, okay, I'll try a 5K, and so I, I did uh, the couch to 5k and ran it and said, Oh, wow, this is kind of fun. I like this. Let's try a 10k. And I did that and enjoyed it. And so things progressed until uh, about three years ago, I ran uh, my first marathon, Chicago marathon. Um, and at the time also, I'd met uh, several uh, people online that uh, were in the ultra community. And they said, well, you ran Chicago, you should try an ultra. It's more fun. It's really pretty out. The people are awesome. Uh, so I did that. So two years ago, I ran uh, my first uh, 50K. I, I ran two 50Ks in 18. Uh, nice. Last year, I attempted, uh, thank you, uh, a 50K at Squamish and timed out with 10K to go. And then I tried Havelina, uh, 100K. Uh, and two days before the race was supposed to start, I broke my toe on a rock. I remember and, that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was so bummed, but I'm like, well, I want to still try. And, and I actually made it two loops. So I made it 42 miles before I just had to quit. Um, and so, you know, this year, 
hopefully uh, it's on Halloween, so I'll uh, get back and run that again. And uh, um, August opened up, so I don't have anything else scheduled yet. Once uh, the quarantine and that lifts, we'll uh, we'll see what's available. But I'm hoping to run another ultra at least in the in the summer months. Awesome. And let's hear from Travis. And if you're not, hey, guys. If, if you're uh, not on, um, just try to put your phone or, or whatever in mute, if you don't mind. Sorry, Travis, didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay, no worries. So my name is Travis Banky. I'm from Alberta, Canada. Um, I started running when my boys were born. I have three 12-year-old boys. Um, they keep them pretty busy. I vowed that I uh, wouldn't be that heavy set dad who couldn't get up to his, to his three boys. So I started running and I lost a whole bunch of weight. Um, did my first ultra in 2017, the lost soul ultra here in Lethbridge, Alberta. And I haven't looked back. I've done probably one, two, three, five, six or seven ultras ever since. And I'm just looking to go as far as I possibly can go. You, you sound like the Canadian version of me, basically. <laughs> <It's> really... <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> And like, I want to see how far I can go, possibly. I think we have one more on the phone. Yeah, uh, I'm Mike Hagedone. I'm um, living in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm actually a fifth-year um, PhD student um, at the University of Michigan. And uh, I actually picked up running um, at the beginning of grad school. I'd, I'd really never run at it at all in my life. Um, it actually had somewhat of a long backstory to my PhD, but um, I left my first PhD program and uh, during a particularly challenging part of my life. And then running really assumed um, this really important role. Um, and actually, Rob, you actually are part of my intro to ultra running because my first ultra was at the uh, 2016 Huff 50K. Okay. Um, nice. <laughs> and that was actually, a fun I remember, one. <laughs> yeah, I remember meeting, I actually remember. Um, kind of meeting you uh right at the start line but yeah you probably recall that year there's just inches of snow on the ground and um i had never experienced anything like that but just fell in love with the sport and um i've run close to 10 ultras right now and um more focused on kind of getting faster at the 50k to 50 mile distance but um yeah i just love the community so i i didn't include that story in the book but do you remember the giant snowstorm like they were questioning whether it even take place and it was a blizzard the day before and then yeah. into the night and there were no, I think there were gas stations open and like maybe the Taco Bell or something. But <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember having five crunchy tacos that night and then having a, a rough race and vowing never to have uh, <laughs> crunchy tacos pre-race um, ever again. But that was, yeah, well, yeah. that was a heck of an I, event, man. Yeah, I mean the the cool thing about that race too is you know they're they're well known for their bean soup afterwards, and I think um, it served multiple functions that day, both for like thermoregulatory purposes and caloric replenishment and everything. I do remember that soup. Yeah, yeah, that soup yeah. going through your whole body because it was so cold. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So, you know, this I want this to be a group discussion. So. Um, Feel free to chime in what, wherever you want to take this, guys. This is your time. You've been huge training for ultra supporters. You know, we have those cool kind of behind the scenes Facebook group interactions. And hopefully I can do more and more of that as time goes on. But speak up. Where do you where do you guys want to take the conversation? What do you want to discuss? Hey, Rob. Mm -hmm. um, Travis here. Uh, what are you training for right now? 
It's my question. Um, so you guys got a sneak peek at the episode. I don't know how many of you listened to it, but with Tommy Byrne, he is doing this bigger than the trail backyard or no block party is what it's called. And I think I'm just going to do the 50 K cause it's, it's a Saturday, I believe May 16th. It's 20 bucks to sign up for it. I'm going to be giving away some entries also, but I really like supporting Tommy's uh, causes. So I have that. And honestly, it's just, I need to get my diet back in check and become more consistent with running work life. Family life has been stressful. So I just need to get back in a rhythm. And then Moab 240 is likely my first like in-person official race. As long as that doesn't get canceled, but I, I'm not expecting to go to UTMB this year. Unfortunately, I, I think the odds are very low. Well, it got canceled, eh? It. I don't think it's well officially technically. Canceled, yeah, yeah. They're going to try and work something out or something. Yeah, um, but you said May 16th. That block party is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good idea. I might. I might sign up for that as well. And you don't have to do the longest distance. I know when you break it down. It's $20 for the one mile race and it's $20 for the hundred mile race. And I know how all, all of our brains work and we're value runners looking for the best miles per dollar, um, or dollars per mile, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I'm doing the 50 K just to try to keep life in balance and not go super extreme given the option. Because that's been my tendency historically is just, you know, if I have the option to do a half marathon, 50K, 50 miler, 100 miler, it's always like go the most extreme. And I'm, I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> so what are you training for, Travis? Um, well, I had I had the Lone Wolf, which is basically like Big's Backyard in Fernie. It got canceled had sinister 750 miler it got delayed till august then got canceled and i have run the rut left in september i'm doing all three races there but i don't know what's going to happen with that one so basically i'm just building base and actually seeing huge improvements the last like three months so doing quite well that's that's awesome i've honestly i've had trouble staying motivated And then I think just stress has like totally ruined my diet. So I need to get back on track on that front. Um, And then it's just weird for me locally. Like the trails are so packed. I'm like weirded out by that. I'm so accustomed to being not solo, but seeing a person every few minutes, not every few seconds. Yeah, they're slammed. Like everyone is, everybody's out and like on their bikes or they're with their families or they're newbies and you gotta be polite to them and hopefully they're polite to you and yeah yeah i i was joking with tommy the other day i was like apparently every single person in denver has now become a trail runner because it's like (laughs) oh no (laughs) um so wait you know but yeah it's cool that they're outside i mean it's just a lot of them are not being courteous which bothers me so i've found myself tending to like I'm craving going out really early or really late and like avoiding mass uh, hysteria on the trails on the weekends. But are are you guys, Brian, Mike, and Zane, are you guys seeing the same thing? 
I'm it, pretty fortunate. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, here in Ann Arbor, um, initially, we, we don't really have a lot of trails in town. It's just kind of a couple metro parks that, um, you know, when I'm kind of peaking for an ultra, I have to do 10 loops around these things to get enough miles. But uh, initially, there was a lot, there was a huge flood of people on the trails. Um, it's kind of tapered off a little bit, but um, I think everyone, it's a pretty active town in general. And essentially, the you know, the weather is also turning here, too. So um, there's definitely been you know, a large amount of people out there. But what I will say is like, I think um, what's really cool to see is how everyone is so respectful of one another. And I, I've noticed that here too. It's just, um, you know, there's an acknowledgement that everyone needs to work together and, and create space and, and respect each other's um, distance. So I think that's a, it's, you know, kind of a silver lining is seeing how people are cooperating and, and respecting one another. Yeah, um, I live in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and here it's been the same. I live uh, a few miles outside of town, so in the area where I'm at, um, there's not uh, a lot of people here. I do run mostly bike trails because we don't have uh, a lot of trails here, but everybody's been real courteous. They've uh, you know, spread out. They're very aware uh, when you're running or biking uh, around, so it's it's been very good. I really haven't seen much as far as uh, overcrowding of the trails here at all. So, Brian, that, that brings back memories of the Outside Magazine article and how just ridiculous it probably, if, if we go back and reread that article now, today, like how much, how much the trails have changed in Boulder, where the article, I think, kind of originated and talked about. It's just, they have to be so overrun and destroyed the trail runners of all people should be uh, hoped for on the trails as opposed to, I think we were, what were we called again? I'm trying to remember. Were we like parasites or something? Lazy, yeah, parasites. La- lazy, parasites. Yeah, lazy parasites. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah lazy exactly parasites. Yeah. Can, can we get an update yeah. on that article? Uh, <laughs> saying, <laughs> yeah, say, totally. saying, how about you? Um, so I live probably an hour um, north of where, um, like of Ann Arbor, so it's a little bit smaller of a town, so it's probably not as busy um, of an area, as, like it doesn't have as many trails as well, um, but there's been a lot more people out in general, um, usually when I'm running, like just out and about, like the small town that I'm in, like there's nobody out like running or doing any other activities, and a lot of my running's on the pavement, um, but I've noticed that there's a lot of more people out on the pavement, like kids riding their bikes, some um, families out and about. So it's been, it's been nice. And I've been out a little bit more as well with my family. I usually just run alone, but in probably the last um, two, three weeks, most of my runs have been pushing my two kids in the stroller. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really nice to be able to have them be part of my activities um, with being able to stay at home for work. I can run during the day. Um, so it's, it's been nice in that respect. Yeah, I mean, Zane and Travis, you guys both have kids. I mean, what advice do you have for the listener? Because it's the most common question I have, um, you know, thrown at me. How do I get my training in with balancing kids? And obviously, you know, working full time and everything else. But I'm no master at this stuff. I, I like hearing other people's ideas and how they personally handle it. I mean, Travis, how do you train with children zane follow up with uh how you do it also so i have um probably the most understanding wife in this world um my three boys realize i run and they realize i run a lot 
Um, weekdays, I come home from work, I go for a run, I come back supper time. But then every, every time from like supper time on till bedtime is I'm around and helping out. Right. Um, on weekends, if we have plans, if let's say we got to leave at like nine o'clock in the morning, I'm up at four or five and I'm going for my long run. And then I go, I don't make them bend to my schedule. I bend to their schedule. Um, that's awesome. My kids, that's my awesome. kids play sports too. Right. So, um, in Lethbridge, my kids play baseball. It's seven miles from my house to the baseball field, seven miles back. So what <laughs> I'll do is I run there, watch them play their sports. And then if I feel good, I'll run back. If I don't feel good, I'll get a ride back. It just, it works out. I make it, I'm very flexible, right? So I'm not so, I'm not that runner where it's like, oh, I need my five miles in. I need this in. I need this to be perfect. It can't be, you know, you know, adjusted a little bit, right? So um, my kids, I got my kids actually running with me now, or they'll go on their rollerblades or cool. their scooter or whatever, right? So if it's like a five mile, six mile recovery run, I'll just be like, Hey, grab your broad blades. Let's go for a ride. And then they'll roll it with me and I run and then they come back and it's a great family event. Right. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's funny because kids just want to hang out with their parents a lot of times and it doesn't matter what activity. Um, so throwing in that like healthier active activity is great. Um, are, well, are they hockey players too in the winter or no? Uh, no, we, Come on, Travis. I, I was Come going, on, Travis. I was going, I was, I was going through a separation when my kids were younger. So <laughs> we were the sports side of the family and then my ex-wife wasn't very sporty. So, um, we couldn't get that through, but now we have, we got soccer in the fall and baseball in the summer and spring. Nice. Zane, how about you? So, do you have a few tricks that you use or, or what do you recommend? Um, yeah, so it's kind of shifted a little bit ever since the whole quarantine has gone down. But kind of prior to that, um, I work pretty far away. I, I work out of Detroit, so that's probably an hour and a half from where I'm actually living. Um, so I have a, a large commute if I'm traveling to a client that's in the Detroit area. Um, I'm a consultant, so I kind of travel wherever the client's at. Um, so a lot of my running is done in the morning, like before I go to work, yeah. um, have as little disruption as possible. Um, but kind of now that I'm, I'm working a weird schedule where I'm, I'm still, I'm working from home now, obviously because of the whole quarantine. Um, but I'm also on an engagement like now, I'm like helping out some banks that are going through, um, like people are trying, like the small business loans that like the government approved through that stimulus package. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've been consulted to help with that. Um, and to not overload the system, the bank asks, asks us to work overnights. So that's been an interesting adjustment the last three weeks. So I'm working like a 6, 6, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift, um, four days on and then three days off. Um, and what I've done is during the days that I'm going to be working, um, like the kids are lucky enough, they like, they like to be in the stroller. Um, my wife will ride her bike, so I've been able to get like, usually like three to five miles in a day that way. And then on the on the days that I'm not going to be working the overnight shift, I'm still kind of staying up until 6 a.m. just to like kind of regulate myself and not try to go back to a normal schedule. Um, so that pretty much gives me like from 10, 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. to kind of get in my runs in because the kids are asleep. Um, so it, it's worked out okay. Um, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I I think everyone listening. Lives, I mean, first of all, like just having a job right now, 
be thankful because there's 30 million people out there that you know don't have that going for them unfortunately and and things are tough and so if your training is not ideal who cares i mean yes it's it's great to get out and i think it's healthy to keep consistent but if you're not hitting perfect mileage as opposed to like last year who cares like just have perspective and um and and don't get upset if uh things aren't ideal it sounds like zane's figured it out and he's working all of a sudden a night shift basically for blocks of time so hats off to you and uh let's let's shift gears brian what are you doing may 16th are you interested in a race yeah absolutely i would love to i don't have anything on the schedule right now now I'll, I'll throw this at all you guys but let's start with brian uh tommy burn bigger than the trail their block party they have an option for one mile i think it's 5k 10k half marathon i i don't know what the rest is i think it's 50k 50 miler 100 miler um what mileage kind of interests you and it doesn't have to be extreme don't like don't think 100 miles is everything um yeah, I, de- I definitely am not trained up for 100 miles or anything right now. Um, I would probably say uh, maybe that the half marathon or marathon at this point, um, just from where my, my training's been. I've been, you know, running about three to four days a week, and uh, probably the longest I've run now has been about uh, 11, 12 miles, so I'm still kind That's of awesome. building my base. Yeah, I, so. I think it's healthy. I mean, those those half marathon long runs, that's what I utilize for, honestly, 100 milers, 200 milers. Like, like I'll throw in races during normal race mm-hmm. times, but I don't really run beyond 15 miles uh, for my long runs. I don't tell anyone that because they'll, <laughs> I don't know. Uh <laughs> But yeah. no, I, I think that's awesome. And I heard a rumor that Rob Krar is doing the half marathon also. So you can race Rob Krar, which is cool to benchmark yeah, that should yourself. Be and I, yeah. I think Amelia Boone, <laughs> Amelia Boone's going to be doing the block party also. So oh, fun. Um, I, I'd like to pick up the race entry for you, Brian, and awesome. take, take time, think about what distance you want to do. And um, I'll, I'll make sure to get you into the party all right great cool. thanks so much that yeah. should be a blast mike what about you what what distance is appealing to you as you are on you know, are you still like writing daily like studying your butt off for this phd are you working on that stuff remotely how is this working um, into may 16th um, well, I mean, first of all, I, I want to thank you for bringing attention to the block party. I've actually been running for bigger than the trail for a little over a year now um, and just awesome. have so much love for, for Tommy Byrne. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the event. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Rob Carr because I was actually signed up for the half and Tommy messaged me last night saying that I've got some competition <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I was just planning to kind of work it into my long run for that day. But uh, I actually I've never actually run a mile flat out. Um, and that that was kind of a little challenge that I was thinking about um, incorporating into my long run is just seeing how fast I can run a mile because I've, you know, I've, all my speed work that I've done, it's typically around like 5K to 10K pace. So 
um, yeah, I'm pretty intrigued to know what I can do um, at a mile, which is very different from uh, any of the other distances, obviously, that I've tackled. So, um, but as it as it pertains to my PhD, I mean, so I'm I'm a wet lab scientist, and so pretty much most of my project or most of my progress depends on me being in the laboratory. Um, and I actually I'm, I work in the division of pulmonary and critical care medicine here, but um, my research is very much oriented towards chronic lung disease, so it's deemed non-essential. So I, um, I haven't been in lab for um, about a month and a half now, and it looks like it'll be another few weeks before we're able to go back in. So I'm, I'm trying to do what I can with writing, um, but it's actually um, opened up a lot of time um, to kind of focus on some things that I've been putting on the back burner. And um, although I, I, I am really itching to get back into lab because it's where I um, that's where I, I've expressed myself creatively and I, I really love my work. So that's cool. That, that's crazy actually. Like, so scientifically is where you can be creative. That's, that's interesting. Um, and, and where might can people find, you wrote some article, I, I can't recall exactly, uh, the topic, but I remember it getting shared around by a lot of the big names in the community. Um, what, what was that article on and, and where can people check that out? Yeah. Um, so I published a, an article in science magazine, um, back in August, the title is, um, ultra running made me a more resilient scientist. Um, and it was kind of in short, it was just, um, a synopsis of my unique path. I, as I said, I left my first graduate program. I, um, struggled with mental illness for a little over a year and, and that's really what led me to running and, um, it's helped, um, really frame my, um, my philosophy on life and, and my emotional framework. Um, it's really cross pollinated into my professional personal life. Um, so it was just, um, some of my, you know, my philosophies on happiness and, and success in life. And, um, awesome. so yeah, if you, if you want to give it a read, I'd, yeah, it'd be wonderful. Send it my way if you, if you have time. Um, yeah. was it difficult to cite, you know, training for ultra ultra running stories from middle of the pack in your scientific no i'm just i'm, I'm totally kidding um uh so you I'll are do that. I'll do that. last last quick question where are you going to put this mile within your half marathon against rob Carr? uh where are you early like first mile like tommy burn style like just all out and then just suffer for 12 miles or like middle end yeah i really have to summon uh tommy stoke on this one that's for sure um he's he's got a spirit like no one else uh you know I, i'm thinking i'll give it a little warm-up maybe a 20 minute warm-up and we'll throw in the mile and then uh you know hopefully we can uh yeah you know it, hang on it makes the run interesting so that's <laughs> actually great training cool yeah I, I look forward to uh learning more about it so travis let's hear if you were to gain entry into this very exclusive block party uh, that is on the horizon, what distance would you choose and why? Uh, so I've run two marathons and I'm done with that distance already. So <laughs> I'm giving it a 50K if that works for you. Um, that actually, that date works perfect because that date was my, it was going to be my practice run for Lone Wolf. So I was going to do like four mile loops on the trails for every hour on the hour for as long as I could do it. And then just to practice, but uh, I can make a 50K out of it. That works for me. So we're racing. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I guess you want to call that. <laughs> you, you will win because I am out of shape right now. That's for sure. Um, 
And and do you have like a a route already like within your head as to how to handle it? And can you apologize to your wife in advance for me? Because I, you know, I, I'm going to cover the entry for you. Uh, oh, thank you. Can you involve your kids somehow, or is that is that not workable? Uh, yeah, I can actually. They're they're great at aid stations. Um, awesome. But uh, yes, I can. I I'm probably just run it on the Lost Soul course we have here. It's, I just ran it last week, and it was um, without running leg one. It was eighteen miles just for the other uh, for the other legs. So that's, that's eighteen miles right there, right? So yeah. I could easily make it a fifty k. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. And I'll even take some pictures and snap them off to you guys. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Tommy's going to be doing every hour some kind of Zoom updates. Hopefully, they're not inappropriate. Oh, nice. um, but. <laughs> It's it's a block party, so yeah. However, you want to make it fun for you and your family. Uh, yeah, I, I'm all about it. So I'm excited to see see how you do, and hopefully motivate you guys a little bit to get out there. Zane, how about you? What what distance is appealing? One mile, hundred miles. See this 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 weekend. Um, I was going to be doing a like an overnight fifty, like. Like backyard style, um, 12 hour practice run. Again, it was an official race, like put on by the same people that put on the backyard ultra. Um, cause in July I'm supposed to do the Ode to Laz backyard ultra. Cool. Um, don't know if that'll still happen or not. Um, so as a practice run, they wanted you to get some experience like doing the nighttime running. So it was called Ode to the Night. Um, that's been canceled now. We're turned into a virtual option. Um, and with what my working overnights and one of the days that I'm working is on Saturday. So like, Saturday races don't work that well, so um, okay. probably wouldn't be able to do a fifty for the block party. Um, so I'll okay. have to keep it shorter. I'll have to keep it shorter, so probably like a like nothing more than a half marathon. Um, and I'll probably I'll probably do it with my kids again um, for the Air Viper Strong. I did a marathon, and I wanted to do a whole marathon with the kids in the stroller, but they didn't <laughs> want to be in the stroller for that long. So I, yeah, I, I did a half. Yeah, I did a I did a half with them in the stroller, and then I I did the the second half of the marathon um, solo. Um, so I'll probably do that with them. I don't know if I'll gonna maybe I don't know if I I've never done like an all out mile, so might as well do an all out mile with uh, the kids in the stroller. That would be yeah, interesting. That actually would be awesome. I mean, it would take all of hopefully less than ten minutes, but I don't know how big your kids are at this point. I mean. Shit. I mean, it would <laughs> it would take it should take less. I mean, I would I think the the quickest I've done so far, like I did a fast like four and a half mile run with them, and it was like a just over seven minute pace. So I think if I'm doing wow. one mile, I should I I would hope to be able to dip under under seven minute pace for them. Well, I, I'll cover your one mile entry if if you're interested. Just don't hurt yourself. Uh, that's that's <laughs> cool. That's really cool. And yeah, perfect. Appreciate. I, I mean, I'll just, I'll keep kind of rotating through. I mean, are you, are you guys, do you guys have topics that you want to discuss at all? I mean, chime in if you want to ask a question of the group or, or any kind of topic that you're interested in hearing about. I, I have no issues. Least I can do. You guys are my, you're supporting me. So I, yeah. Anything? Well, I was going to mention, Rob, I, I came across the video of your son doing his 5K, and it was literally one of the most heartwarming things I've seen in, in the recent months. And I was just curious oh, cool. as to, 
uh, your experiences with that and like, um, you know, um, being able to share running with, with your son and, and kind of watching him grow and enjoy it, what your impressions were and what your thoughts were on, on putting together that, that experience. Yeah. Th- no, thank you for checking that video out on YouTube. Um, so that was an interesting circumstance because my kids are pulled from daycare. Uh, they're basically, uh, you know, with my wife 24 seven. So it's like, she's trying to teach them kind of school type curriculum. He's a five-year-old, so he's bouncing off the walls. He has a two-year-old brother. And so I, I signed him up initially so that Chrissy would have a topic that they could kind of like work together on and, you know, make it fun and interesting, explore geography, understanding time and all that stuff. So, and I, and I have received this question, I think, um, Cindy within our, our Patreon group was like, you know, does he really like this? Are you like pushing it on him? And honestly, he, he loves running and he's, we even counted off 60 steps like within the apartment that's kind of this loop it goes through the living room bathroom and the hallway and he him and his brother will run this loop over and over and over um if they're inside and when we're outside like Chrissy will go for a lunch run and sometimes Ben will join her for quarter half mile so he he seems to really enjoy it. I don't know if he enjoys spending time with my wife and I more than anything or, or what it is, but he rarely complains on hikes. And yeah, so that that race, the 5K that he did, was awkward for me because I felt like this weird pressure of like, I want to be a good role model for him. And then I know I'm going to videotape it. I want to be a good role model for all parents out there. So we made made sure to have his training for ultra wrap on his face at all times. Anytime we were passing people. And we even kind of rerouted to go up this steep climb that we have by our house. Which was the harder route. And he was just like loving every second of it. And yeah, the video was like, I didn't want to overly focus on making a perfect video and miss out on his experience. And then I didn't want to totally focus on his experience and then miss out on like capturing anything. So there's some shaky footage, but um, what I haven't told anyone about that video is it ends with Matt or Ben, my son saying, like for all you kids out there, like stay safe and stay strong which is cool it's air vipa strong what we were recording and what i kind of like prompted him because he's super smart it was just like ben do you want to say like for all you kids out there stay safe and stay healthy and he's like yeah that's awesome and then he actually was the one that came up with uh that ending which i just thought was like absolutely perfect because he came up with it, and yeah, we ended up winning, uh, you know, an award for Air Viper Strong for that video. So it was a really cool shared experience, and you know, we're we're just trying to motivate not only parents, you know, to stay active, but kids too need motivation. So, you know, if your your kids are looking 
for something to watch, you know, and you're trying to get them out on the trails to just go for a hike or whatever. Yeah, that was the goal is is to just motivate and inspire people with everything I do. So that's long winded, but I'm glad you saw that, Mike. Yeah, I would I would encourage everyone to to give it a watch. I, you know, I, I was smiling through the whole thing. Um, just you know, watching your son process what he was doing was uh, you could just tell it was such an authentic experience and enjoyed enjoyed every step of it. So um, yeah, thank you for for making my day with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, I. I am huge, and if you've read the book about finding your passion, I don't care what your passion is. Like, it doesn't have to be running, but I think passion in life is everything. And so to see him excited and, like, truly, truly kind of, like, diving into to doing that 5K was, was really cool. So, yeah, I don't force my kids to run. <laughs> I think kids are are pretty much naturally ready to go and you know we we forget how to do that over time um it's gonna shift i was trying to remember brian i had a question for you i'm I'm trying to recall what what questions do you have we'll we'll flip it out (laughs) flip it uh around here do you have any questions at all or well um yeah, actually, I have one. Um, just because I, you've been running these these longer races, two hundred mile races, and honestly, reading through the book and and watching them, and, and just uh, it's made me really want to try a, a longer race. And I was thinking, you know, next May, there, uh, Jamil and Aravipa are having the Cocodono, I think, two fifty. Yeah. Um, and what I'm wondering. Um, what recommendations would you have? Cause the longest I've run is, uh, well about 70 K. And so, you know, I've got plenty of time to train, but would there be any recommendations, uh, to look at going that distance? Uh, you know, what, yeah. uh, what would you advise? No, that's a really good question. I've actually run 250 miles before probably one of the few people that have actually been dumb enough to do that. Uh, but it's it's uh it's weird because it's totally different i mean it's not necessarily through hiking type speed because i mean as you saw probably with like moab 240 i mean uh experience helps and i think a lot of 200 milers is like it's like mike doing his phd program so like he's doing super high level type kind of synthesis of all this like base level knowledge and so you have to get super comfortable with a hundred mile distance you have to be able to do basically a a 50k at will like maybe every other week every month comfortably and not be overly concerned about how fast you're doing it it's more of just not being intimidated by it because the level of problem solving required of you during like a 250 mile race is off the charts. So it might come across as like fairly, you know, the pace isn't that great, but it's more of like avoiding the game ending decisions. Like hydration has to be second nature 
nutrition has to be second nature, like, because you're doing higher level type thinking throughout it. So right. it's, it, you, you just have to have a little bit of experience because then that, mm-hmm. that 250 miler is going to be a lot more enjoyable. I, I think a lot of people are capable of doing 250 and just suffering like no other. And I've talked to guys, you know, that have just gone out and hallucinated out of their mind, like no background on running through the night and just had kind of like horrific experiences. So I'd say don't rush it, but then also don't be so intimidated. You don't have to be like a sub 24 hour, 100 miler to go run a 200 miler. Uh, It's totally different, but uh it does involve some kind of like applied knowledge of uh, lesser distances. You just have to master the basics kind of like mm-hmm. on my previous episode with Tom Shea, like practice the basics yeah. until you don't even think about them. And then that's okay. when you should start thinking about it. All right. Well, great. Thanks. Hopefully that's helpful. That yeah. Yeah. All right. Travis. You have anything? Any kind of last questions, thoughts, discussion points? Uh, not really. Actually, I was kind of on the same line because I'm so I'm 38, and I got two years until my 40th birthday, right? So that 40th birthday, I got Tahoe 200 or some sort of 200 miler, cool, like temporarily written into my schedule already in two years. So that's basically just to follow up with. The other guy's question there is, I was just curious on what other tips you can give us to run 200 miles. Yeah, I mean, if you're two years away from your 40, I think that makes Moab a lot more logical, 240. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I would say don't be overly intimidated by the distance, especially, so we're talking Jamil's races and Candace's races, like, Go with a super trusted RD because their aid stations will actually be beneficial to you and make it realistic. And like a lot of the little logistics will make sense with a expert race director. So I would not risk trying something on like an unproven, like, you know, first time they've ever done this race. We're just kind of winging it. That's that's a little questionable <laughs> um, because the setback is you have a horrible experience, you drop at mile 60, and then you find it difficult to ever make it back to that distance in the future just because of the, the horrible experience. So go with the proven race directors and understand that the pace is your run forever pace, which... I don't even think 100 milers really uh, exemplify what the run forever pace is. But what's weird is as you gain experience, like you'll understand that there is a 20 mile segment that you have between, I don't know, aid stations. And you're hitting this at the heat of the day. And you'll, you guys will see this in the TV show when uh, it's like episode five. Uh for Moab 240, like heat of the day, you have 18 to 20 miles between aid stations. Like you actually, through experience, you learn, or at least I did the hard way. You, you actually need to run harder 
because you need to compress the time between those. So if you go really slow, you're just going to expose yourself in direct sun in the desert, suffer, and it's just going to kind of compound. So that's honestly 200 milers, Brian and Zane or Brian and Travis, it's like, it's, it's uh next level kind of graduate level work and errors are compounded because of the distance. So if you make a mistake at mile 20 of a 50 K yeah, it's 10 miles or whatever, 12 miles, no big deal. But if you make a mistake at mile 20 and you have 220 miles and then you make another mistake at mile 120 the the compounding effect of that distance is uh, you can't really return from it i mean you can but bonking for 30 miles is not a pleasant experience so um just again uh you know practice the basics master the basics because this is like this is phd level work um and and yeah you can't mess up something as basic as your hydration like that's you're gonna you could potentially kill yourself if you oversalt or undersalt something as basic as hydration levels i mean you're not going to be able to keep food down that's going to compound like it just it keeps compounding um negatively too okay yeah no i ran i did the 200k in lost soul in september last year so then that and that was an experience in itself um courtney dwalter's pain cave yeah you you feel it going up and down coolies for uh 200 kilometers if you've done a 200k you're good you can go you can go do any 200 miler you want as long as you didn't you know if you finished it and there was no emergency uh, evacuations involved, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, no, I was good. I was able to walk it off, so that was good. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll we'll finish with Zane. What do you have? You're, you got your kids. You got your stroller. You're working nights now. Like life's life's not easy for you, but you're getting in the miles. What do you have for me? Yeah, I'm getting in enough miles. Yeah, one of the questions I had was, because um, knowing that you're in Colorado, my father-in-law um, lives in Colorado, um, so we plan on visiting him again. I visited him last summer, um, and I was lucky enough to have um, Chris Ward, like a book, Bigfoot podcast, um, give me a tour of North Table. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I don't really He's know nice, any good areas to nice run. Yeah. Like, so what are some, yeah, he is. Great guy. Um, so I was wondering, what are some like trails that would be good for myself to either run, but then also like we have kids that are, are the same age. So like some good trails that would be good for like introductory hiking for the kids. I mean, next time you're in the area, just message me. I, I think, um, you know, the, I, I run out my front door every day, regardless if it's COVID or not. And I, I picked to live in this area because of bluffs regional trail. And there's a connector, it's like 25 miles that goes straight to the Colorado trail. And then, you know, as, as stated in the book, I mean, it's, it's pretty much like, you know, going, going through a mountain buffet, you get to pick, um, you know, along the front line, I think boulder trails get sketchier and probably more difficult for 
children. And honestly, I find them very difficult because the injury, the probability of injury risk is like outrageous. So, um, I, I like smoother, low risk trails because that helps me build consistency. But yeah, uh, just, just message me and yeah, Southern, I think Southern Denver has cool trails and yeah, anything along the front line or front range is, uh, is pretty nice. So, but yeah, Chris Ward's nice dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely reach out then. Um, obviously, I don't know when we plan on going. We were originally planning on going sometime this summer, but with the whole quarantine going on, we're going to kind of put it off until things are a little back to normal. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone. Trust me. I, I've never had more Southwest credit uh, <laughs> than right now. I think I can fly basically the rest of my life on South Southwest for free. It's been awful. I mean, I've I've had to cancel a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm the lucky one too. I, I haven't been sick. None of my family's been sick, and I've been able to hold a job. So I have a lot to be thankful for. And I'll end it with you know I'm. If you guys are are four examples of why I'm thankful for the community, and I appreciate your support. And I will reach out it sounds like mike already has an entry but brian travis zane i will take care of your block party race entry and for the listeners background check it out it's 20 bucks and all of these proceeds go to bigger than the trail it's a non-profit and yeah it really helps people i know firsthand having received messages in the past from people that I've immediately dropped everything and sent them to Tommy uh, and his system is saving people's lives. So can't recommend it enough. Thank you to the, the four of you guys. I really appreciate it. We will do a part two with other Patreon supporters. Any last words, guys? Truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. This has been a lot of fun, and we appreciate you and everything you do. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. thanks so much, Rob. Really appreciate it. Which is you're you're a joy to follow, and I appreciate all that you do, not only within the running community, but how you use it for philanthropic purposes as well. You just you brighten my life. So thank you. Thank you. All right, and I have another group of Patreon supporters I wanted to touch base with and get to hear about their running, how they're handling the COVID running training environment. And they're just interesting people. They've been good supporters and just really thankful to have them on for a podcast. So let's go around and hear who you guys are, where you're from. Kat, do you want to start us off? Sure. My name is Kat. Uh, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, but now I live in Southern California in Orange County. And I am a mom to three kids and I am a nurse. Nice. Nice. And who else do we have on the line here? Ray? Uh, yeah, my name is Ray Simons. Uh, 37 year old. I have two kids. Um, kind of got into running a couple years ago. Um, 
about the spring of 2017, I was actually uh, like 509 pounds. So I ended up losing close to 300 pounds, get, got into running. Um, and for over the last year, I've been really into ultras and running, you know, kind of obsessed with them. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Wow. And who else do we have on the line? Uh, this is uh, Caleb Hubbard. Um, and I am a uh, – 20, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Southern California, a little bit inland of uh, CAT. I'm a fifth-year PhD candidate. Uh, I'm an entomologist, so I study bugs. Uh, specifically, I'm a medical and veterinary entomologist, so I study all the bugs that affect humans and animals. Um, and I got interested in running right around two years ago. Uh, I was actually in the United Kingdom doing some work, and I was there by myself. Uh, and I kind of just decided to start walking. I was actually really, I was about 350 pounds at the time. Uh, through running over the past two years or so, I've lost about 130 pounds and have picked up ultra running, uh, picked up Matt Daniels as a coach and ran my first 50 mile race back in March. So one of the last races that went on awesome. and am now planning on doing 100K and 100 mile distances. Awesome. That's that's really cool. I'm blown away. I mean, between you guys and your weight loss, I mean, Kat, did you lose weight too? I mean, the bar is set pretty high here. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't answer <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, so seriously, Ray lo losing 300 pounds, that's more than 300 pounds is phenomenal. And Caleb too. I mean, I, I lost 50 pounds and it was life-changing, so... Um, I can't even imagine. And so I want to shift gears. I want to start with a question that Kat actually had on her close Facebook group. You had been talking about fear of, of missing out on races and trying to do every race possible and trying to balance kids' work. Because you work full-time too, Kat, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so trying to balance all that with training and then throwing in a race every month or so, I mean, it's just very, very difficult. Uh, is that what the main part of your question was? Kind of like the balance of all of that? And I know you said Tommy Burns' episode at the end kind of resonated with you. Yeah, I was just listening to that um, Bigger Than the Trail podcast you just put out the other day, and it really resonated with me because both of you guys were feeling that, how you went from, you know, being able to sort of do any race you wanted, whenever you wanted, no big deal, to being not uh, not being not able to be so selfish, even in training, especially in training, I guess, because it all starts with the day-to-day, -day. and if you can't get the day-to-day -day in like you were before then you can't expect your races to go how they used to go. And so kind of just yeah. accepting the new normal, I guess. Well, it's to me at least, and I'm, I'm no pro. It's just for me, I think an hour of like solid running. And I mean, you can have a coach like Caleb has Matt Daniels to develop very specific runs or someone like me, even getting ready for like the triple crown. I mean, I was just doing, I don't know, three to 
eight mile type runs and squeezing them mm-hmm. in whenever, wherever I could. It wasn't mm-hmm. any any like super high mileage type regimen. I I think ultra running is doable. And if you were to put in all that extra mileage, maybe you could speed things up a little bit. But I mean, unless you're going for a podium, I think you can really get out there and enjoy an ultra and not have to put in stupid hours of training. And then you can actually have a family, family life and, you know, not get out of control with skipping down on work at all. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just we just can't get out on the weekends and do these back-to-back long runs that you think you should be doing. But I think once you get a couple of years of ultra running and racing under your, you know, in your brain, you kind of know the formula that works for you and you have to just let go of your expectations beyond I'm going to finish this race and I think then it's okay. I feel like I do often compare myself to my friends, which is stupid. I know that, but you know, it's just the stage of life. It's the Andrea. stage of life that I, yeah, I mean, it's just the stage of life that I'm in right now. And I know that I have many years ahead of me and I just need to be patient with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's for me, I, I still get a taste of that like amazement because I have started running so recently. Like I'm still mm-hmm. very thankful to get out there. And I also, I've learned Personally, like if I have a lunch run and I have that 45 minute window or 55 minute window, sometimes I suffer as hard as I can. I make that faster, harder effort absolutely as hard and painful. And I I like to suffer a little bit during training so that I can ratchet back and enjoy the race a little bit more. But it keeps me focused, not having too much time as weird as that sounds. Totally. And one thing I also do is um, I'll sometimes have to split runs. Like I'll do this many miles before, you know, soccer practice and I'll try to have get some miles in during practice and then I'll go for a walk at night. And I just feel like the stress of the day in your job, with your family and combining all that together, it, it is ultra training, maybe not traditionally speaking, but I think it all adds up. Caleb and Ray, what do you guys think? Let's Let's start with Ray. You've You've gone through transformation. How do you squeeze it all in? You have, do you have kids? You have two kids? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have a seven year old son and a, 12, a 13 year old daughter. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I have the fear of missing out a lot, I guess, because I, for so many years, couldn't do much. So, you know, now I'm trying to do too much, I guess. And uh, I also have Matt Daniels as a coach. And, um, you know, when I first started running with, he first started coaching me, I was just running like a lot of miles. Like I was running hundred mile weeks for like weeks on end. And he's like, the high mileage is great, but we got to structure it differently. Um, and it's really paid dividends. But, um, I, I typically run in the mornings. I get up at like four in the morning. Um, actually working from home the last couple of months have been nice. Cause I, my commutes 40 seconds versus 40 minutes. So I get to sleep in a little bit. Exactly. Um, but then, you know, some days I have, you know, uh, you know, if I'm doing a second run, I'll make sure my daughter comes with me or my son. So we get to spend time together. Um, and then on the weekends, I get up real early again, still like four in the morning to get it done. Just, you know, so then I have the rest of the day with the family. That's an awesome way to do it. And I had Matt Daniels as a coach. And then I told him, you know what, 
I'm not going to do this to you because I, I signed up for multiple 200s and a 330. And in the time, though, that I spent with him as a coach, highly, highly recommend him too. Uh, he really, really changed my view as because I used to just get out and have zero structure. And it took me months of basically screwing up workouts with him <laughs> to finally realize like, okay, he wants me to do time on feet. Cause that's a lot of what at least he was teaching me and make my hard efforts hard. It sounds really one Oh one. And I didn't fully utilize them like I could have just because I knew, I mean, there's no training plan for a 330 miler. So it was like, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, put this back on once I have a more defined kind of realistic race goal. But, um, yeah, those early mornings, I mean, Caleb, do you, do you use early morning runs to get everything in? Cause I know you're, you said fifth year PhD student. Yeah. So I, I tend to run in the early mornings as well. Um, and I, I obviously, I don't have the, the stress of having a kid, or multiple kids that I'm trying to balance during this time. Uh, but it is something that I've, I've still run into the time balance issue. My wife's a resident physician, so she's pressed for time. Uh, so balancing when we get to see each other and what we're doing, either when she's at the hospital and I'm in the lab, uh, I tend to work uh, long hours, so I try to get stuff done in the mornings, but sometimes that's brutal in itself, just, you know, trying to get up and then working a long day. Uh, but honestly, I think that's the reason that I, uh, chose to go with a, a coach, not so much that I plan on ever winning a race very much middle of the pack, but it's that I don't, it's one thing I don't have to think about that. I can look at my training plan and I can look and say, okay, I have this that I need to do today. And then it's programmed in my head. And I'm very scientific about my approach. If there's something that's going on, I'm able to then say, this is exactly what I need to do. And I can go out and do it and just kind of move on with my day. Nice. I, I'm so glad that I don't have to hear the COVID conversations between you and um, you and your wife between all the knowledge that you guys must have <laughs> must, must get outrageous. Um, Kat. I got to tell you guys something funny really quick. Yeah. Let's see. Speaking of multitasking parents slash working full time between my turn talking, I just mute myself and I'm out running right now. <laughs> I'm getting it in. And, and she escaped her children somehow. Kat, yes. how many kids do you have again? Three? I have three. I have a 10 year old daughter. I have an eight year old son and a three year old crazy person so this I'll, I'll shift gears here shout out to cat for doing a marathon with a stroller <laughs> she did the air viper strong marathon and i just of all the people within our patreon group i was like you know i have a few giveaways here her her comment was i'll do it i'll do a marathon with my what was it your your son my 50 right? pound three-year-old yep <laughs> I, and let me tell you what, I got a flat this. tire. I got a flat tire at mile twenty-four. 
and I have not fixed it because I'm done pushing him in the stroller after that. But it was it was fine. He did a good job. He's I mean, he's been riding in the stroller since he was born, so it was our last hurrah. What can I say? <laughs> you ran it quick too, actually. I was I was like blown away. We took some breaks. Yeah. He had to get out and run. Pause, but, uh, pause the GPS yeah. or no? I to- I totally paused the GPS because he I needed to take a break. But I wasn't out there competing for any podium awards. We were just having fun. And also to see if I could do it. So he's done a lot of races with me before, but not a full marathon. That was really amazing. He, Did he get the medal? He was way into it. He, yeah, I gave him the medal. He was way into it. He still wears the medal around sometimes. Was he like rooting you on as you're going? Was he like no. you're slowing down, no. mom? No. No. Not at all. <laughs> I need more gummies. Okay. Healthy. I don't want to watch this YouTube video. I want to watch this one. When we first talked at I remember distinctly you saying that you got a lot of your training in probably with the same little guy on your back hiking. Yes. And I miss that. I swear that was the best shape I've ever been in, hiking with him on my back. I have a 2-year-old right now and I have to yep. say Maybe of the last three times I've been on trails, I've been hiking with an extra, I think maybe 30 pounds, 25 pounds. Yep. On I'm my telling back. you. It's good training. I miss it. Now I get why Sally McRae runs with a weight belt. I might have to start doing that. Yeah. Um, so, Ray, Caleb, I got a really kind of deep philosophical question for you guys. When you hit a road section and there's like a do not cross a light stop sign and a car going you pause your gps watches or no i do not i just let it go um strava tip i use the chorus watch and strava when i imports into strava it usually backs that out anyway i just cringe it bothers me it bothers me hearing this i don't know why i think i've just done it so many times that uh I'm just accustomed to, like, if I'm not running, like, I pause it. I don't know. Except for, (laughs) like, ultras, obviously. Like, the race, um, might as well not even have a watch on. I'm not really looking at it. I used to pause it, and then the one time I was doing, I forget, I think it was, like, a 20-mile run, and I ended up ending my run, like, at ten, like instead of pausing it, I ended it. And then I just was like, ah, I'll just never pause again. (laughs) Caleb, this is an important one. Do you pause or? Yeah. Okay. I knew I liked you. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm just so I so that's so there is a so I do auto pause. So on my I have it set. So if I'm not actually moving, it auto pauses. So it's still obviously calculating that into the total amount of time you're out. But it does. I do auto pause it at stoplights and things like that. Interesting. I I might have had that setting. I might have that setting. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I don't tweak my GPS that much. Uh, but man, just letting it run when you're sitting at a light. Ray, you're you're braver than me, man. I can't do it. Cat, are you are you the same way? You probably. Well, you said you paused during the race. Just I'm a pauser. I think You're because positive. so many, so many of my interruptions are like when I'm running with the stroller or something, you know, and anyways, I like it. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I, I like a good, um, cause I do coros too. And I love all the data that it gives you after your runs. 
about, you know, if you're getting stronger and your lactate threshold and all these different cool numbers, which I know aren't exactly scientific, but I really like those numbers. So, yeah. And obviously I know in a race you can't pause your watch, so I don't do that. But like I said, you know, it goes back to the beginning. I've checked my expectations of fast times at the door these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What else do you guys want to talk about? You have any? I want to hear these guys is uh, what they're training for right now or what they were training for or, you know, the race, the race schedule for the rest of the year. It's a good one. Uh, Caleb, let's start with you. Uh, so I honestly, I don't have a single thing. I didn't have a single thing actually on the, the schedule March when I did, it was actually a 12 hour event, uh, down in San Diego. Um, but I planned on doing the beyond limits 24 hour event. Uh, but I was also, uh, I was having some foot issues, uh, where I had this like bone spur. So my doctor was saying, yeah, you probably need to have this like little bone spur taken out. So you should, uh, maybe we can do that in March. So I had a set, I had a surgery scheduled for March, the end of March. And then obviously with COVID everything, all elective surgeries got pushed. And so I didn't really have anything on my schedule. So I've been contemplating, looking at some races in the further distance in October, November, December, but with how everything's going, I, I don't really know if that's a wise decision. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've told every, I don't know if I publicly said it, but I've canceled DTMB for myself. I don't want to do an international flight at this point. I think Riding a plane for that long in August is not uh, wise for my family's health. So, I mean, I, I think if I were to get something, I mean, I could probably deal with that myself. But, yeah, giving it to other people is, uh, it really kind of bothers me. And I don't want to take that risk. So, it's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of other people want to hop on a plane and do UTMB. So, yeah, it it was a tough decision because UTMB is a dream race, and we'll see what happens. I think it's highly, highly unlikely to take place because of uh, some of the restrictions taking place in France right now. I don't think logistically it could really happen. So I've heard rumors here and there that it's canceled, but they haven't actually made a, a call on that front. But Ray, what what do you have coming up? Uh, so I have the bigger than the trail block party this weekend. I'm doing the 50k. Um, so I'll be running that. And then awesome. uh, towards the end of June, um, we're waiting to see if there's, there's a 37 mile race in Florida that hopefully won't get canceled. And then uh, a 12 hour event in the end of uh, oh, beginning of August and then hopefully Havelina. Um, I want to do the Havelina hundred this year. So hopefully that'll I'm all signed up and my trip's all booked. Just hope it doesn't get canceled. Yeah. Awesome. And that's October. I think I, I I'm sensing like October races are going to be maybe the starting point, but who the heck knows? I mean, it's too early to guess on that kind of stuff. Kat, what do you have on the schedule? Well, um, 
I deferred Boston. I was going to run Boston. I deferred that to September, but I really don't have, um, not very confident that that race will actually happen, but that's okay. Um, and I was supposed to do San Diego hundred June 5th. That's not happening. So I deferred that to next year and I signed up to do Kuyamaka hundred K, which is in October down here in San Diego. Really awesome race. Um, and that one they're doing kind of like they're doing black Canyon registration right now. They're not going to charge people until they know it's going to be actually going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm in for that one. Um, and that's pretty much it. And black Canyon. I signed up for black Canyon already cause it's my favorite. Nice. Yeah, oh, a, and I'm doing, I'm doing the bigger, bigger than the trail half marathon on Saturday. I am not pushing my stroller. 50k we'll pay for your 50k you got to do it with a stroller though no <laughs> no thank you no you have to do it with a stroller oh man i if if we had flatter areas around here i i might actually consider that i haven't done much yeah. stroller time i need to that's the thing it's not very flat here either so it's just tough yeah it, part of me is like that's kind of an excuse too i think i could try to figure it out but yeah, my two-year-old, my two-year-old is more hyper than I've ever seen a child. Like you take, huh. you take your eyes off him for one minute, and he will run out to the balcony. Like scared the crap out of me today. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's a handful. See, it's all ultra training. He's just like Wrang wrangling him. up. Yeah. So, what else do you guys want to talk about? Anything else? I'm really fascinated about you guys um, and your weight loss. I feel like maybe you need a whole episode just on that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, seriously. I mean, these two, truly inspiring. Ray, Ray, what do you Thanks. have to share on that? I mean, that's to lose, again, I, from my personal perspective, I lost 50 pounds and it was like life-changing. You did a multiple of that. Like... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I don't know, it got to a point where I wasn't the father I wanted to be. Like, I couldn't do stuff. Um, you know, just walking from my desk at work to my car, I'd have back problems. Um, and, like, I just, I don't know, I got to a point where I just wasn't happy. And I think it came to a point where I just, like, I, when I saw that weight on the scale I just, at the doctor's office, um, I just, you know, decided right then and there I was going to start doing something that day. Um, started counting calories, um, stuck to that for a couple months, and then I ended up deciding to have uh, gastric bypass surgery. Um, I had that, and then I had lost about 220 pounds, and that's when I started like becoming much more active because when I was as big as I was, there was no there wasn't much activity I could do, um, physically because of how big I was. So, um, I lost about 225 pounds, started getting active walking and then we're in some five K's with some friends. And then that turned into, you know, took off from there and kind of got into the trails and running ultras. And, um, but it was, it wasn't easy, you know, you know, everybody thinks that, weight loss surgery is like a magic button and it's really not you still have to be dedicated to eating healthy it just it's more of a tool that helps you with you know restricting the amount of food you can eat really so what what was your heaviest weight uh 509 pounds 
And and now, if you don't mind me asking, where where are you at? Uh, it depends. Usually, right around two hundred. Um, I got down to I got down to like one eighty, um, one eighty one, but I wasn't doing it very healthy. Um, I was like dehydrating myself, and I was more worried about the number on the scale than like actually how healthy I was. Um, so once I once I started running more, I had to like start eating more calories and drinking more. So um, I probably carry some good water weight, but it's you know I'm happy at this weight. Yeah, I mean it's phenomenal and what's the longest ultra you've done i've done 100 i did my first 100 miler um in january it went okay um i would the first 50 to 60 miles went really well um i really wanted to finish sub 24 and at like mile 60 i just had like golf ball size blisters on my feet and i kind of had to walk the rest of it and i ended up finishing i finished in like 28 50 um so under 29 hours um but my goal at javelina is i want to do sub 24 awesome it gets hot during the day man it's really hot and you're from florida so you should be trained for it yeah that's the one good thing that matt keeps telling me because i'll post like on when i did the 50k for aravipa um the aravipa strong it got really warm um and the last like 10 to 15 miles were a pretty big struggle, but he just says it's good, you know, it's good heat training. Yeah, I, I'm amazed. I, I think the fourth person maybe I ever had on the podcast was Gary Stotler, just truly inspiring. Um, very similar story. I, I don't yeah, know his you vid- know Gary. yeah, I've seen his, he has a YouTube video um, on, I think, when he ran, was it Leadville? Yeah. Yeah, that that video is awesome. Yeah, he's he's a great guy, Caleb. Let's let's hear briefly about your weight loss because, man, you said one hundred and twenty was it? Yeah, yeah. So it it kind of has has fluctuated. So for me, uh, my my story with running it kind of running and weight loss kind of goes back a while. Uh, when I was so kind of to introduce this, uh, I have super, super flat feet. Uh, it's funny. I married a podiatrist, but, uh, I have super flat feet, some of the flattest feet that any doctors essentially have ever seen. So since I was a super young kid, I've always worn special custom orthotics. Uh, but when I was 17, um, because of being overweight as a kid, as well as just having these super flat feet, um, I ended up having a foot surgery called a triple arthrodesis where they go in and they fuse the three major joints in the top of your ankle. So my left ankle to this day, I have like seven screws in my left ankle and I essentially have mobility up and down, but not side to side. And so my foot is essentially connected to my leg and the doctors told me, yeah, you know, you'll be able to walk, but the likelihood is uh, you'll never really be able to run or do a lot of those things, but the surgery took away the pain that I was having. So fast forward to, uh, I guess, the summer of 2018 when uh, I got some research money to go to the United Kingdom uh, to spend two months there and uh, do do research. But I was there by myself, and there I was honestly I was in the middle of nowhere England. 
And so I really was. I was about 70 miles outside of London without a car, living in a house by myself. And so I kind of worked at the research institute during the day. And then at night, I didn't have much to do. So I kind of just, I was at the time about 310, 320 pounds. And I just kind of started to go out and just like walk around and see what was there. I, my, me and my family, we hiked all the time as, uh, when I was a kid. And so going out, exploring the woods, they have a bunch of hiking paths and walking trails. So I did that. Um, and I just kind of started, you know, walking, walking a little bit more. And then I decided that I wanted to do a couch to 5k while I was there. I was just kind of thinking, well, I might as well try this. I wasn't going to be fast. It wasn't going to be anything like that. But I, uh, was able to, during my two months in the United Kingdom, uh, accomplish the couch, the 5k. Uh, and when I got home, I threw, I chose to eat well while I was there. I was exercising. I ended up losing 30 or 40 pounds actually while I was there, which is kind of rapid weight loss for a few months, but it, it, sometimes those things happen. Uh, and I got back and I kind of realized that running was something that, or running or jogging or whatever you want to call it, uh, was something I could do. And even though that I wasn't good at it and I, I run with a limp technically because I don't have that side to side mobility. Mm -hmm. I was kind of, it was something I could do for my front door. It was something that I could leave. I didn't have to go to a gym. I didn't have to buy equipment. I could just leave my front door and, uh, go do that. And so I started running and I decided I, I kind of have an extreme personality. And so I decided I'm going to sign up for a marathon. So I got back in like September and in that February, so the February of 2019, I had signed up for the Surf City Marathon, uh, which is uh, down at uh, uh, Huntington, or no, Newport Beach, one of our local beaches. Uh, it's a beautiful, very flat race. Um, and so in February of 2019, I ran my first marathon uh, training all along there. Uh, I ended up losing an additional about a hundred pounds. So I oh. currently sit between like 200 and 210, depending on the day, uh, type of a thing. And so I picked up that and I kind of fell in love with running then. And I, from there, I ended up kind of realizing, oh man, there's this cool ultra running community the trails, dirt is a whole lot easier on your knees than uh, concrete is. And so I started looking into that. Uh, and then I ran my first trail race in July of 2019. And then I ran my first 50K in, uh, I think, September of 2019. And then I ran another 50K uh, in January of this year. And then I ran my first 50 mile. It was a 12 hour event, but I had the goal of running 50 miles, uh, in March of this year. That's amazing. And so what was your highest weight? My highest weight, uh, was, uh, 356 pounds. Wow. That's amazing. And so I have a, a weird kind of group question, but do you think weight loss is associated with exercise or is it diet? Is it a combination? 
Because I get that question all the time from lots and lots of people. And I've kind of concluded it's maybe 80% diet. Is that what you guys are? Do you guys kind of agree with that or am I way off base? Yeah, I, th- I agree. I think it's definitely diet and then because diet and exercise when right now, like with COVID and being stuck at home, I- I'm definitely not eating as much like as healthy as I was previously when I was in the office because food wasn't as readily available. Um, and I'm still running as much as I was previously and I'm just really maintaining weight right now. So yeah, I think diet plays a huge factor. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that I've heard people say, you know, you can't out train a bad diet. Um, And for me, that the for me, what like exercising did was it kind of motivated me to eat healthy. Like I know some people say, yeah, yeah, I, I think a lot of people say. Uh, it's kind of the opposite. They think, oh, well, I went out and I, I went to the gym for two hours. I'm going to go eat a bunch of bad food. For me, it was I went and I exercised. I want to be able to fuel my body with healthy food. Even if I'm eating a good number of calories, eating the healthier foods, for me, uh, it was kind of a dual motivation. I used to uh, I'd drive out to the trail when I lived in Ohio. Sometimes I drive out to trails here in Colorado, but when you drive past a Wendy's, your body actually, for me at least, it wasn't craving junk food, which was really kind of a weird thing. Once I started training more, I was craving calorie dense, like, and your body has a way of subconsciously, like, pulling you towards certain foods. And for me at least, a lot of times, uh, it was no longer that typical, like, Wendy's type craving that I probably had for 10 years straight. Kat, what about you? Do you think diet is more important than the miles to, um, to lose weight? I mean, I don't know what, um, having three children was like for you. I know my, I've had three kids and I gained 50 pounds with each one of them. I wouldn't say I'm, I've always been pretty fit and active, but I wouldn't say I'm naturally just like this wifey thin person I think I have to work at it um but I think it's it is true like diet is the foundation for everything and I know for myself when I eat like currently I'm plant-based so I know for me that's what works I also know that everybody is different there's no one diet or way of eating that works for everybody that's universal but I was actually just talking to some girls about this today um I think a lot of people get hung up especially when they're first trying to get get in shape. I don't want to say lose weight, but, you know, get active and get fit, if you will. Um, they just think, okay, I just have to set aside 30 minutes. I got to exercise, then I'm good. But me personally, I think what works for me and what might work for a lot of people is thinking about how you move your body throughout the day. You know, simple things like taking the stairs or doing squats while you brush your teeth or, you know, yoga poses while you're doing the dishes like silly things like that but I think it all adds up to the overall picture I don't think we can just work out for 30 minutes and then be done with it for the day and be sitting down at a desk 
Yeah. I, that's just my my thoughts, and I I think a lot of people get hung up on like, okay, I exercise, all right, I'm good, but that's just not how it works. Your body needs constant motion. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, totally. I think it's it's also how you frame it. So. For me, I distinctly remember running towards a stop sign that was maybe a quarter of a mile from my house and running back. And then next time trying to run to that tree that was Mm -hmm. a tenth of a mile beyond the stop sign and like having that tangible goal. And like every day, I I didn't see it as exercise and I didn't see it as work. I saw it as like this fun challenge. And before I knew it, I was going all the way around and doing loops around the stop sign. But I And just, not to mention it's just yeah. it's a lifestyle. Like brushing your teeth. You wouldn't just not brush your teeth. Like I wouldn't not move my body every day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big part of at least for me. No, I I think you've helped a lot of people and I again, anytime I throw uh my two year old in the in the pack behind me, <laughs> I know that sounded weird, but uh, when no. I'm hauling him around on the trail, I distinctly remember talking to you of all people about that. So I truly miss it. I mean, really, once they get too big for that pack, you're like, what do I do now? I take him on hikes and it's like, you know, the snails are faster than we are, but <laughs> <laughs> I miss that stage. I'm, I'm trying to remember, is it? Uh, I I don't want to get negative emails back, but the way I said that, I, I felt like that was, is it eastbound and down where he like throws a kid in the backpack with uh, lettuce and Mountain oh, Dew? Oh, gosh. Uh, anyways, the way I, well, we're all the way I described here. that. I brought with gummies. Yeah, I need to work on that. I think some yeah. gummy bears might help dad Everybody also switched. while I push the stroller. So, uh, so I wanted to end on one last kind of question for each you guys and i wanted to hear about i want to hear one kind of funny experience you had while running on the trails and then i want to hear your favorite trail on the planet if you could just run one trail the rest of your life that one experience that you had i want to hear about that but cat we'll start with you um funny experience maybe more on this flat tire situation oh i don't know um and then oh, okay your favorite I'm trail. On the spot, so i'll just i will just answer with the flat tire so we're at mile 24 we're on a bike path we're like yes i'm so ready to be done because it was really hot here that weekend too we're just over it you know pushing a stroller for 26.2 miles is just a bit much but you know we're all a bit much um in this sport so anyways, mile 24, flat tire. And I was like, well, I can't end here. So I tried to run as fast as I could pushing the stroller with a flat, completely flat tire. I mean, like done and dusted. Um, and it was the hardest two. I was in tears. It was the hardest two miles I've ever done because I just, I couldn't. I was done. Also, it was a bit of a couch to marathon type situation. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so... That was, I guess, something recently funny. Um, and then what was the that, second So that was, that was the two hardest miles of every okay. every yes. race you've ever no. done? No, okay. definitely not, I would okay. say. In the moment, though, you know? Yeah. My favorite trail of all time is Tahoe Rim Trail 
nothing more beautiful in the world. And I think I've told you this before, but I highly recommend that. I know you've done the Tahoe 200, but I highly recommend the Tahoe Rim Trail 100. Beautifully run race. I mean, it doesn't get any more just, gorgeous. Just today. for the ice cream or the sherbet or yeah, whatever it was. Gelato, gelato at the top of, uh, <laughs> of the peak. Yep. I remember. I remember that conversation. Yep. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And last question. Do you get hand chafing from a stroller for a marathon? I do. I totally did. I used to that get it just, from five I didn't miles. Get any blisters anywhere but my hands. So you need squirrels nut butter on your hand. On my hands. Yep. Okay. That's a thing. I'm gonna like start marketing that for moms. All right. Let's hear um, Caleb. Let's hear. Do you have like a real brief kind of funny incident out training during the race? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so out by me, uh, when there is one very specific trail I train on all of the time, and this was right at the very beginning of me running on the trails and I'd gone out early in the morning. So it was dark. I was wearing a headlamp and I, I, for some reason, I'm very paranoid whenever I'm out by myself on these trails. And I just, I kept hearing noises that I didn't know what they were. I kept looking around, looking at everything. And I eventually realized that I had a pack of about 25 donkeys following after me while I was running along this Whoa. trail. That they were just, they, they're wild burrows that are protected by the state. And they kind of have, their populations have kind of grown out of control. And they were just super curious because I don't think that they'd seen people early in the morning on these trails and they were just so confused. And I literally, I thought someone was coming after me. And it ended up just being this like pack of donkeys that was following after me. That's hilarious. Yeah. What's, what's your favorite, um, what's your favorite trail? Uh, that, see, I think that that's, it's a tough question just because I haven't, I've only done a handful of races. Um, honestly, I, it's my favorite and my least favorite trail all at the same time. It's the back of Mount Wilson, which is in Southern California. It's the uh, Kenyan DeVore Trail. And it's this stupid, like, 3,000 vertical feet trail over. A, it's, a, it's absolutely terrible. And at the same time, it is so wonderful because it's the ending There's of. There's a race there, you know. I know. That, that was actually my first Matt trail race. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first trail race that I had no idea uh, that that was there. Um, and it's the most suffering that I've ever done in my entire life. But when I finished it, it was the happiest I think I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, and so it's my favorite and my least favorite trail all at the same time. I think that's an awesome description, honestly, because some of the best you got to work to get to, because a lot of times they're the best because you're view is just something special that you don't normally get to see. And so suffering to get to that segment, um, I totally relate to. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. And then let's finish up here with Ray. I want to hear you have a funny mishap or any kind of story on that front. Yeah. So, uh, when I was running my first hundred, when I was running my hundred in January, I was running with two other guys. Um, and it was a, a 10 loop, you know, 10 miles, 10 loops of 10 miles. And we were on the last little out and back section of the first loop and we're run, and it was a little bit of a Rudy section and I'm running and I, I 
you know, trip over a, a root and eat it. And I pop up and then everybody's looking at me and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So we keep running. And then like literally two minutes later, I hit another route right down. And like the one guy's got his GoPro out filming. And I feel like it was like the most embarrassing thing ever. Um, but I, I didn't trip on that route again for the rest of the race, but that <laughs> part was kind of funny. Um, it was really like the first time I actually ate it like that hard and back to back so quickly. Um, and probably my favorite, like, trail, um, and it's nothing special. Um, it's just a, a lot of, it's very runnable trail. Um, it was actually the first, just like Caleb, my first trail race. Um, it was a race called the Angry Tortoise. It's like 40 minutes from Jacksonville. Um, and it just, it's a challenging course because it's so runnable that you go out and there's a lot of, like, exposed areas. So, like, the sun comes out and you get kind of, you know, the heat. Um, but I ran it, my first trail race, I did 25K and I bonked real bad, like, the last three miles because I didn't know anything about, you know, at the time my longest run was, like, eight miles so i was going from eight miles to 15 and a half um so that was rough then this year i went back to it and i did the 50k um and i'll go back to that race every time they have it that's awesome i mean i guess i'll share one kind of hilarious thing from last year was trying to get accustomed to having ryan clayton following me around everywhere and chafing and then having to grab a stick of squirrel's nut butter and try to take care of chafing but then realizing i'm being like you know i I have a videographer like right in my face capturing this which was it will not be in the tv show just to you know relieve you guys of any of that horrible uh thought and then like uh like caleb said my my favorite trails it's kind of a tie between Moab 240, uh, some of the ETMB course, and then Bigfoot, and some of the worst suffering, and then also some of the most plush, just absolutely stunningly beautiful visual uh, trails. It's just been amazing. But yeah, I, I truly appreciate the three of you guys joining me, and just big hats off each of you. I could have a whole episode on easily and you guys are very, very inspirational in each of your own regards. And I just appreciate your support through Patreon and yeah, let's stay in touch and hopefully we can uh, have you guys back on. So thank you for taking your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Excited for the TV show. Yes. Really excited. Thank you. And that was episode 135. Thank you, everyone that participated there. It was great hearing people's stories, very inspiring people, and just appreciate their support. It's so fun to get to meet different people throughout the community. We all have this common bond as trail runners, ultra runners. So again, thank you guys for participating there. Big thank you again to the Patreon supporters. You guys make this all work, whether you realize it or not. Huge supporters. Big thank you again to Exoskin, Kogala, Hammer, and Destination Trail. Check out the show links for the best coupons that I can find and links to the products I like and use myself. So have a great week. I know things have been uh, quite difficult 
try to get out there and enjoy your training. Have a good week.